Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Angular. This week on our panel, I guess it's just me, Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. If you are interested in pushing your career forward, I am going to be doing workshops over the next several weeks. You just go to topendevs.com, click on the workshops tab, and it'll take you right there. Or you can just go to topendevs slash events, and it'll put that up there. Um, also looking at putting together some summits, so uh, keep an eye out for those. We have a special guest this week, and that is that is a really awesome Greek name that I'm afraid I should have asked how to say before the show. Do you want to just introduce yourself, and maybe you could tell me how to say your name? Yeah. Hello, Charles. I'm very happy to be here. My name is Aristides Bampakos. But, you know, you can, most people, especially non-Greek natives person, I suggest them to call me Aris because okay. it's much shorter and it's better to pronounce so I live in Greece, in the second biggest island of Greece, which is called Avia. I moved recently here, and I'm very happy. I feel great because I like to be in the sea uh, a lot. Oh yeah. I make I make some sea sports, for example, free diving. I have a let's say a preliminary certificate for free diving. It is up to I think it's up to ten meters. I can go actually <laughs> up to ten meters deep. Oh wow. With the same with the same breath, yeah. I work uh, as a web development team lead at uh, Plexer, which is a company that enables, actually connects civil engineers, that connects the project of civil engineers with the real world. So, oh, cool. to, make, to, to keep it playing and simple, if you build a house and you want to see, and you design it inside AutoCAD, for example, mm-hmm. and you want to see it, how it will appear in the real world, you can import satellite images from some very well-known providers, for example, Airbus. And you can see the house, the design of the house, inside the real world. I'm also a Google developer expert for the Angular framework. Nice. And uh, I work also as a contractor in a private education institute called Code Hub in Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a senior Angular tech instructor, where we train uh, other developers and professionals to the Angular framework. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. In the last two years, I have authored two books about Angular. The first one is called Learning Angular, and it is destined for beginners to the Angular framework, Mm -hmm. how they can get started to learn it. And... uh, also, my latest book is called Angular Projects. It is destined for developers that are already beginners to the Angular, but they want to dive deeper and uh, 
see how you can use Angular with other web technologies. So each chapter is a different project with Angular. And I think that this is my greatest achievement because I managed to, to, write, to write those books during the pandemic in two years. And yes, this is me. Awesome. Very cool. I've written one book and I'm kind of revising it because I want to read it as an audiobook and it uh, it just wasn't quite fluent enough. And so I'm, I'm reworking some of it. And I'll tell you, writing a book is a major project. So I'm impressed. It's total, I think it's totally different when you write it in an audio format, right? As you say, because some there are some people that like to read and other people that like to hear. Right. For example, I'm not a person that I... I let I I want to learn by hearing, although I follow <laughs> the adventures in Angular podcast and I have learned so many things from other episodes, from other guests. But you know, it is the kind of people that you want to be. Mm-hmm. It is how you perceive it. Yep. Yeah. My uh, my book is about finding a job, and so. I can get away with it because I don't have to explain any code samples or anything like that. I can do an audiobook. But and I think you could get away with doing an audiobook if you have code samples. You just have to think a little more deeply because the format's different. But anyway, I just want to congratulate you because that's that's a ton of work. What we came on to actually talk about was dependency injection in Angular. And you wrote an article, the one that we found was avoiding the trap <laughs> of dependency <laughs> injection. We'll get to that, I'm sure. But do you want to... I hope you didn't get into the top. <laughs> I, I got back out before it closed. So I, I thought we'd start out with just talking about dependency injection, like just the, the fundamentals. What is it? How is it used? How does Angular use it? What does that mean for me? And yeah, just, just start out with kind of the basic definition and then we can get into, okay, you know, where are people applying this? What are we doing with it now? What's kind of advanced level mode? And then yeah, what's the trap? What what are the what are the pitfalls to using dependency injection? Or how can you use it wrong? It might be a better way to put it depending on how we frame it. So let's start at the beginning and what is dependency injection? Yeah, dependency injection is actually a, a pattern that mm-hmm. is used not only in Angular but also in other programming languages. For example, C sharp has dependency mm-hmm. injection. I think that's one of the first and, places I actually saw it. I grew up yeah. as a Ruby developer, and then I tried out like .NET, Java, and a couple of other languages, and they all have it, and it's very common. You could do it in Ruby, it's just not as common a practice. Yeah, and um, it is so common that it tries to solve a very common problem, right? I will explain it with, uh, I will give you the, the standard example that we usually teach to other developers. Let's say you, you have a car class, mm-hmm. right? And you want to create a new car. So you you use the constructor of the class and you say new car. Now, if the creator, if uh, the person, the developer that builds the car wants to put some types on it, then it will go and uh, modify the constructor so that it accepts an engine, sorry, Mm -hmm. tires, a tires class as a parameter. And then you, that you are the consumer of the car, class, mm-hmm. you need to go and modify your constructor so that it says new car, new tires. Right. And then, if the creator of the car class wants to add some new engine, then you need to go and modify again your constructor, your implementation, and put it as a second parameter in uh, in the place that we instantiate the car object and say new car, in parentheses, new tire, comma, new engine. 
So you can see that this does not scale well because when something changes in the car class, you also, the consumer, which is you, you need to also modify it. So the dependency injection actually hides this complexion, this complexity from uh, the actual consumer mm-hmm. in, uh, at a point where you just uh, need to say new car and you get the tires and the engine. How actually the, the constructor will know where to look for these dependencies because whatever we pass in the constructor is called dependencies, mm-hmm. especially in the world of the angular framework. Right. So dependency injection is very fundamental in the Angular framework. It has been built uh, deep inside, deep in the framework, and uh, almost everything is based on that. Right. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. You know, the way that I usually put it is, if you have usually there's a common interface if you're doing some kind of dependency injection, right? So you have your engine, for example, right? And so it has the electrical inputs. It has the maybe the the axle where it turns and and all the engines kind of work mostly the same right and so i can do dependency injection to essentially put any engine i want into my car right, right. and when i do that um what i'm saying is is that in this case i may want this dependency and in this other case i may want this other dependency a lot of times you see this with testing right where you you know, you do a dependency injection to get a mock HTTP library or something in. And so what happens is, is then you're in that place where you're effectively saying, don't make HTTP calls or use this library that doesn't make real HTTP calls, right? It just, it uses the other dependency. But yeah, you have some way of of passing that in and sometimes instantiating a service or an object in order to make it work. And it's it's a really really elegant way to to solve the problem and yeah it's it's fairly commonly used in a number of places so yeah actually the, you as a, the consumer of of the of the class mm-hmm. does, doesn't need to know anything right. just ask for it and this is how it works in angular for example when you have an angular component and you need to you need to use a ser- an angular service that you have created you just need to inject it in the constructor of the of the type class of the component. You just need to ask it and say, literally, I want to use the car service, for example, or the engine service. But you don't need to know how it is implemented inside. Right. So it is easier. Also, this is makes it also easier to refactor. Yep, absolutely. So, so yeah, so Angular does this quite a bit. Do you have some examples of how Angular uses dependency injection? Yeah, the the dependency injection in Angular is based on a list of uh, in, in, of objects which are called injectors, mm-hmm. right? And the injectors are responsible for providing dependencies in your Angular components. Right. When we say dependencies, we mean Angular services, but not there's a misconception that only services can be injected into a con- to, into the constructor of a angular component, but this is not true. Many many things that we don't think that we don't know can be injected. For example, you can inject a, a directive, a form group directive inside your angular types inside your angular component, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever can be injected in an angular application, it can be provided from the dependency injection mechanism. Now, when you want to 
uh, when you want to use, for example, a service in your component, let's say that we want to use the engine service, mm-hmm. you add it in the constructor of the Angular component and you say you add a, an access modifier, private or public, and you create a variable inside the constructor of that service. For example, you say private car service and you give the type, which is usually car service, it's the same. When you do this, the Angular framework knows that you need to, to get a dependency from mm-hmm. the dependency injection mechanism. So it goes to, to a list of objects, which are called injectors, and it asks them, can you give me this dependency? The injector will say, will check if, if someone else has already asked for this dependency. Mm-hmm. If it is not, it will create the dependency, it will create the, the service, and will hand it over to the component. But if it has been already asked from another component, then there is an instance in the pool of the injector, mm-hmm. and he can get it directly without creating the dependency. So the injector first checks if there is an instance in his in their pool, and if, and if it is not, it creates the instance and delivers it to the component. That makes sense. It, and it, it makes sense in the sense that uh, saves all the effort of instantiation and usually those objects take up space in memory. And so what we're talking about here is it's not, now we're beyond the idea of dependency injection and we're talking about, we're talking about how Angular optimizes it, right? And and the mechanisms that it gives you so that it can do it intelligently and keep the performance high and the memory consumption low and things like that. But you can, if you want, if someone wants, they can instantiate a, ta- a component, the type class of a component, mm-hmm. using uh, the, the you know the old way of right. creating the creating the dependencies by themselves. Mm-hmm. But this does not scale well, and you don't you don't benefit from the right. dependency injection framework of Angular. Yep. Now, but how Angular finds these dependencies? Its dependency, for example, its service must be provided by an injector, right? And we, uh-huh. when we say provided, we should add it, for example, we should define it in the as a provider in our application. Now, there are many ways to provide a, a, a dependency in the Angular framework. For example, you can provide it in the module uh-huh. level or in the component level or in the root level, which is the whole application. Right. By default, all services, all Angular services that are created from the Angular CLI are provided by the root injector. Mm-hmm. So an Angular application actually has a hierarchical system of injectors. Okay. Okay. And on the top of that, there is the root injector, which is the injector of the actual application. So uh, how this works? When you have a component and you need to get a service from the dependency injection, when you add it in the constructor, the Angular framework goes in the com- in the injector of the component and asks for it. If the component does not provide the service, it will go to the upper component in the hierarchy on the parent component. Mm-hmm. If the parent component doesn't provide it, it will go on the most parent component, and it will go. It will traverse the the component tree until it finds the service, until it finds who uh, provides the service. Now, this is called the first pass. If, na- if none of the components in the hierarchy provides a service, it will enter the second phase, which is called the second pass, and it will start asking the service from the modules level. So it will go in the parent module, it will ask for the service. If 
the module doesn't provide the service, it will go on the top on the parent module and it will continue like this until